With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Jay here for Stratford Paddock, and this is the Devil's Podcast. And joining me today are two of my favourite co-presenters, Joe Smith. How are we doing, Joe? Very good. How are you? I'm really good. Good. And Casey as well. It's been a while. When's the last time me and you were on a podcast together? Uh, week. A couple of weeks. See, just drags. When you're not in my life, it just drags. That week felt okay. like months. Um, how's everything going? That's like a JLS lyric, that, isn't it? <laughs> Every day, I'm doing good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that good because United did draw yesterday, but. If you take that out of it and look at the Premier League table, solace. When you think about it, right? Solace. <laughs> solace. Solace right, to be you found. Go. In a word. <laughs> um, do you look at it and go, okay, yeah, we're third and we were, what, 14 points behind Leicester mm-hmm. not that long ago, so it's okay. Or do you look at it and go, we've dropped points at home to West Ham and Southampton. We could have been home and dry. That's really annoying. Or is it a bit of both? It's a bit of both. We could have been home and dry if we'd have won seven games in a row. Or whatever, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. We, we've already, I think we're, we're 13 games are beaten in the league as of yesterday. Yes. Like, what more can you ask for? We, we all understand, you look through this squad, that this isn't a team that can win 15 games in a row. I think we didn't. We had an exceptional run. What was it? Nineteen games in all competitions broken by Chelsea. Obviously, if you pick in the games you lose, that wouldn't have been one because it's for a trophy. But you, this team isn't good enough to just go unbeaten forever. It's not no. good enough to never drop points. West Ham, the tricky shit houses. Same can be said tricky for uh, wow. for Southampton as well. I'm not happy with those results, and I think we should. We could have won both games, but. I mean, actually, like I said, you have to look at the bigger picture because we were never going to end the season on 15 wins in a row and get third comfortably. That's We're not good enough to do that as things stand. And you, you, like I said, you've got to look at the fact we are third. If we win on Sunday, we finish third in the league. And I think that's that's the main takeaway from this week for me. Casey, do you agree, disagree? What do you reckon? When you look at it, I feel like the worrying thing is that um, that the fitness seems to be going. And, and and I would like us to win against West Ham and Southampton because they were earlier on in the season and I don't feel like we're going to do well against Leicester mainly because of everyone looks absolutely knackered. And I feel... 
I don't know. Uh, yeah, I f- we weren't going to go unbeaten. Definitely. Like, I'm, and to we say, might go unbeaten. I oh, know we'll go in the might, might go unbeaten in the league, but we weren't yeah. going to go unbeaten fully. And and to lose one of the matches in this sort of run, yeah, the one against Chelsea was probably best. And we've probably been helped by the fact that everyone else in that top three just doesn't really want it. Like those mm. those fighting for top three and four. Well, don't. that's the thing with teams who are fighting for the top four are by their very nature inconsistent. Mm. Because if they were consistent, they'd be fighting for the title. So it's this thing of no one wants it. And I'm not trying to have a go at you at all, because it's not as... And it's not, and it's not just as, a personal attack. It's not as pronounced as it was last season when literally everyone fighting for top four was just dropping points left, right and centre. But other than Leicester, who have completely fallen apart in the last two, two or three months Hopefully, worth of games, continue. Chelsea and United... I mean, if United have actually been really good, and Chelsea have just been as inconsistent as you would expect from a team that's top, that's fighting for fourth. Like, yeah, it they're, makes they're, sense. They're always inconsistent that. those teams it because doesn't. otherwise you'd be challenging for the title. So I'm not surprised that Chelsea have lost to Liverpool. That's not a surprise, is it? They they win some games three 0 they lose some games three 0 because they're not that good yet. But yeah, I just think we've got. A, the, the expectation that we were just going to win every single game from the start of lockdown to the end of the season is just completely unrealistic with the team we've got. I don't necessarily... I get where you're coming from. And the thing with us, it's not the team, is it? It's the squad. Mm. That's the issue. You just mentioned then about tiredness. Some of the players look a little bit dead on the feet. Mm. You can see there's a lot of tired legs out there. We had the, the cut run as well that coincided with these must-win league games, obviously following a, a massive break for lockdown. I know we're gonna get we're gonna get onto that a little bit more anyway about sort of the squad and trusting your players. But yeah. one player who started practically every game since lockdown has been Paul Pogba. Now I do get fed up sometimes talking about Paul Pogba, mm-hmm. especially when he wasn't playing. It used to be me any now. Well, yeah, then it, it didn't work in conversation. But then, did it? no, it, but it, it'd be nonsensical not to talk about Paul Pogba yeah. after the um, the West Ham game because put an audition to take over De Gea's spot. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he put. I mean, it, you know, we know what happened. It was an handball, obviously handball. Put his hands up in front of his face, a free kick. Pretty much everyone admits he should have just took one for the team, took it in the face. But it's not just this game. There's been a couple mm. of incidents in there that you mentioned earlier yeah. about where you're like a little bit. Like, is he? Is it catching up with him a bit? Is yeah. he not quite the races? What is it? Well, this isn't an attack on Paul Pogba, but I think a conversation ought to be had about, like you said, I think most of the conversation that took place when he was injured were redundant because of the fact that he'd been nothing other than our best player for the two years preceding well, The thing it. that was like, and then he I mean, got nonsensical because it? Yeah. it was like, you know, he's at his brother's wedding or whatever. He's yeah. at a wedding or he's, he's watching something or he's, he's yeah. and and I just oh, don't care. Oh, he's fit enough to walk, but he's not oh, fit enough to play for Man United. Like, yeah. one, one of these things requires you to be able to move a bit the other one requires you to be one of the best athletes in the world. Like, I can dance at my sister's wedding. Don't mean I can play for Man United. Like, what the... That whole thing was just so ridiculous. Yeah, it was, we, it was like, there aren't levels to fitness and injuries. Yeah. Um, but I want to go through some of the goals that United have conceded in the games where we've either dropped points or lost to Chelsea and look just, at a mixture of... Go on. Just not to depress us anymore. Well, like, yeah. it, it's not meant to depress. It's just meant to let's allow a look no. at different things that it's have led to It's not pointing ignoring things. it. I get where no. you're coming from. Obviously, the games that we've won primarily, we've, looked, we've been the better team in. Um, I think maybe people having to go at us for the... Was it the Villa match where we sort of squeaked it a little bit? But, you know, we, it was 2-0 in the end, so mm. we can't have been that bad. But the games where we've dropped points, so the the... And this isn't just an attack on Paul Pogba, by the way. This is anyone that made mistakes leading to those goals. So the first game um, was against uh, Spurs. Now, the mistake was made, sure, bad pass or bad header. Yeah. Then Maguire dragged out of position and done by Bergwijn. 
uh, Lindelof not covering across properly, yeah. and then of course David De Gea not letting the uh, not stopping the ball from going so in the back of the net. So there was three or four errors in there, yeah. culminating in probably the worst mistake was by a mixture of Maguire and De Gea. I yeah. would say for that one. Then the Southampton game, the first goal, poor Pogba dispossessed by Danny Ings. Yeah. Then mm. chipped to the back post, uh, uh, and they scored their goal. The second one, three of our players were beaten in the air from a corner in the 90th minute. Yeah. Again unacceptable we got Matic there we had Martial there we had Rashford there then in, then against Chelsea poor pass from Brandon yeah. uh, uh, and then Matic allowing uh, sorry poor from Brandon and Matic allowing the cross to be put in yeah. Lindelof got bodied by Giroud yeah. uh, and then the ball got put in obviously the second goal Brandon was a, a bad pass inside yeah. wasn't closed down by Maguire uh, and, and Lindelof and then an awful mistake from De Gea yeah. and then yesterday yeah. we saw the poor Pogba handball so two mistakes from De Gea one mistake uh, from uh, two mistakes from Paul Pogba, uh, a mistake from Lindelof, a mistake from Maguire. You need the Lindelof the mistake against uh, the one against Bournemouth as well. But we won that game five two, so yeah. I'm not. Whilst the but mistakes uh, are still there, I'm not uh, as concerned yeah. about yeah, it. Cause, okay. But cause I feel, yeah, I feel like the mistake was. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying that Lindelof's been great. I'm just saying who's who's well, made mistakes I in mean, games we've dropped. Bournemouth points. as well was Maguire getting megged in and near post De Gea. But I get where you're coming yeah, from. You're I'm, talking about what's cost us. What's cost no, us? Right. Yeah. So yeah, because you want to go into games yeah. where we've conceded goals that haven't cost us. We're off. Yeah, of course. We can go into So we've seen two from Paul Pogba. We've seen two from David De Gea. We've seen one from Matic and and Lindelof, and we've seen another one from from Maguire as well yeah so Paul you know De Gea's obviously had a, a lot of criticism and rightly so it's been 18 months potentially now of, of bad mistakes from him I agree Paul Pogba where do we think this the, one of those was a, a lapse in concentration against Southampton ball got dispossessed and uh, taken over by Danny Ings and just wasn't quick enough he thought he could rely on his strength but Danny Ings just went round him instead of getting in a tussle with him and the second one was a handball which to me is a lazy People say, oh it's, oh, it's instinct. It's instinct if you haven't been playing football every day of your life since you were eight years old. Yeah. When you can't use your hands at all. It shouldn't be instinct for someone who's been doing that. That instinct should have been trained out of you. You should let it hit your face. Move out. If you really have to be so scared that it's going to hit you in the face, move out the way of it. You can't put there your hands in front of your face. There was a lot of things he could have done other than put his hands up. Like you, I thought when when everyone first saw it, they're like, "Oh, he's put his hands up to his face because he's been hit in the face." That's mm. what everyone thought. It was like he tried to con everyone. Yeah, that, didn't he? As well, yeah. he acted like he had it been, again, and you're like, his instant reaction was just to go, "No, don't, don't hit me, please." Mm. Like sort of thing. I mean, it was a venomous. Do you know shot. what the problem is with this goal? Is it fits into a narrative as well of people. The, the reason, one of the reasons people who don't like Pogba will have a go at him. It's a mistake anyway, and he shouldn't have done it. And I, you mm. know, I, I quite like Paul Pogba, but I think that's not it's unacceptable. But when you see criticisms of Paul Pogba, you hear criticisms that a lot of it's unfounded, I think. But things like attitude, things like desire, mm. things like heart, yeah. things like that, and, and it fits grit. into that. Yeah, and grit. people say, it "Oh, he cares that more about like, And he's like, "Oh, well, he, he's not taking one for the team. He should have mm. just took it in the face." And you've got to put all that to one side and just look at it on its own merits and say. Just take a f- football in your face, yeah. God say, or, or like you say, listen, I've seen Darren Fletcher move out of the way of free kick mm. against Liverpool. I've seen Giggs do the same and it cost us a goal. Moving out of the way of free kick isn't good and isn't acceptable, but you know, we've still got a chance that David Hay could have shaved over. it or it would have gone over. Yeah. But to put your hands up is just criminal, yeah. especially in, in this day and age of VAR, because maybe they got away with it. 
yeah, if there was yeah. no VAR. But you know there's VAR. You know you've got no chance. I mean, I thought he was off his head just mm. pretending yeah. he got hit in the face because he must have known. Yeah. And you've seen the images of Mikhail Antonio mimicking what he's done as Paul Pogba yeah, watches him fuming. in the background. It's just, it's not great. The fact he didn't go on and absolutely like rinse West Ham for that really annoyed me. I was like, I saw that afterwards. I was like, I was like, if that was me, I would have just gone. It's, it's a shame as well because it was that early on in the game that you think, I oh, know it's first half, it's was mm. in the first half, but you think there's still enough time for us to come back. To come back. But we just, you know, we didn't turn up. But again, you know, and because of that, if we'd have won, he wouldn't, that would not mm. be on your little list no. now. Well, that's the thing I want to talk about. One of the reasons I wanted to bring this up isn't just to say Paul Pogba is shit because no one's saying that. No. But I wanted to talk about the, the, the mistake against Southampton where he got dispossessed, this mistake here, why do we think that's happening? Now, I think it could be, my personal uh, opinion is, mental, uh, physical, but primarily mental tiredness. I think putting your hands up like that is what you would maybe do in training or what you would do if you're playing with your mates where I don't need to take this ball. It's like his brain slipped a moment of thinking, oh, fuck, he forgot the situation he was in. He, he was fatigued yeah. or his, his head wasn't in the... That's not a physical... Re- it, of course, it is a physical reaction. But that is his, his, his body overriding what his brain should be saying is, you can't do that. Because I've had the ball hit me in the face. When you play football, you... You have to override that instinct, and he will, he will have done, you know, dozens of times. I'm sure in his career, he doesn't just put his hand there when the ball's going past it, like you would if someone was throwing you a bottle of coke. You don't do it because you can't do that in football. And the the, the same with the one against Ings. We saw with Fred a lot uh, in the in his first season at United, where he was playing in that number six role, and he would turn blindly into corner and get the ball taken off him. I think one was against Watford where we conceded a goal from it, and Wolves, he would, you it, Wolves, Wolves well. that's the one I'm thinking of, the Wolves one, and he would just lazy passes and taking too long on the ball. And to me, that's what Paul Pog was doing, the one against Southampton, where you just like you're not checking your corners, you don't know what's around you. I think that's just a tiredness thing, personally. Maybe he's not used to playing number six. See. It reminded me a lot this a couple because this that one was the one that led to goals, but it's happened a couple of times in mm. the matches I've watched where he's just been messing about. Like it reminds me of the Paul Pogba that we saw under Mourinho and sort of thing, where it's just like I feel like f- he forgets sometimes that people can tackle him because he just got, starts to get the mm. ball in his feet and he gets people around. He's like, oh, I can mm. I can play it about, I can get it around, I can him, push I can, you off, I can it. push you off it, and then thing it. And he just forgets that sometimes someone will just kick it off him because we saw it earlier in the season against Crystal Palace, didn't we? Mm. And and I used to think that sometimes Paul Pogba held onto the ball a bit longer because there was no one making a run, no one moving around mm. like they should have been. He was looking for options that weren't there. But I think going back to this, this isn't really that because it's literally like he's got it and almost mm. immediately he's had it taken off him. And I think, yeah, he does need to be a little bit more aware. And I just wonder whether there's not sort of a case to be made that he shouldn't be that deep anyway. Mm. Maybe all he needs to look at and either switch him and Bruno around or just have Matic that deep and just let Pogba move a bit further up. Mm. I don't know, maybe that yeah. is well, a tactical think, change that would help. That's why I think it's tiredness because it's it's that awareness and that like, that. For, do you know when, you, when you're knackered and you, you, you go into, someone's passing you the ball and instead of taking that step to the ball, you wait for it to come to you. Yeah, and yeah. and it's, it's that kind of like not taking that extra half a step and then not being able to push off just as quickly as you'd like because you, you just 10% sat on it. And then also when, you, when you're playing at number 10, which is where he's played for United, it's number 10 or number 8 for most of his career, he's not, he's not played in this deep role as much. You can give the ball away three times out of 10 because of a lazy turn or because you tried something too much. When you're playing a, a number six role, if you give the ball away three times out of ten, one of those three times out of ten, it's a goal for the other team. So, you know, you've got to you've got to temper your uh, expectations and your 
uh, what you try to do with the ball when you are in a deeper role and when you get it wrong, the other team scores. And yeah, maybe he's not doing that. Because like when you say, because the way that United play, as soon as he loses, if he lost the ball as a 10, you've got the two, two players behind yeah. him and you've got the two centre-backs. Uh, and then you may have the and right also the up. assumption is he's receiving the ball further up the pitch, so there's also another 50 yards yeah. of pitch for them to have to but then, attack But then to. in number six, he loses it, and the left-back and right-back have already pushed up. Yeah. He's, he's now, there's now two defenders, and those two defenders are Maguire and Lindelof. Mm. Uh, who, 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 regardless, even if it was, you know, but that, Maldini and whoever, yeah. Bobby Moore, well, saying, he would still not want three attackers on two defenders. No, yeah, no, no offence to him, their mobility is not the, their yeah, strong yeah, trait. Fine, so yeah. if they've got three on attack, they're not going to be able to cover a lot of ground and get passed around. It's kind of like you're giving away an easy chance, easily, like in mm. that scenario where it's like... What, what did you make of the fact that, you know, we've heard from Maguire, we've heard from... Um, Sorry, I've just got an Adam McCullough crawling across the camera. Did well there, though. He didn't come on camera. I'm impressed. Um, what did you make of the fact that he apologised and Maguire's come out and said he's apologised and, and all these come out and apologised? Do you think it's one of them, like, he acknowledges he's done wrong. He knows he's made a mistake and it's like, right, we go into Leicester and show us the Paul Pogba that we mm. expect. I think, yeah, he has to do that. Yeah. It's not one of those where it's like, there's no defence for it. No. And, uh, you know, anyone who says it's an instinct, that's... Not sh- that shouldn't be the instinct of a I think there's a problem here, and this is what I hate mm. about sometimes when it comes to football and social media and, and, and sort of bedding down in your argument that some people almost get to the point where they refuse to see any mistakes or acknowledge any faults with the players yeah. they love. And vice versa. Yeah. And people it's like, refuse and to, to like, give praise I've to seen, I've people. seen it like with Rashford. Rashford had a bad game the other night. And um, Steve's looking at me over there from off camera. Un- un- unless Steve Housen, of course, he's absolutely fair with everyone, especially Ashley Young. But like I've seen it last night with um, Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford had a world against Palace and mm. people will be quiet about Marcus Rashford's performance against Palace. Mm. But when he has a bad game, they'll be yeah, all yeah. on him and, and slagging him off. And I was a bit di- disappointed at ever sort of threw him under the bus a bit saying, oh, well, I've not seen any criticism of Rashford because I saw a lot of criticism of Rashford. Mm. So I don't know where he's getting that from. <laughs> yeah, he's done it again, Marcus. Um So yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with that, but I think sometimes it's like, you know, for yeah. one of the better, I'm, I am Pogba FC, so I'm not going to criticise him. People decide just that acknowledge a they, mistake. Yeah, they hate someone, so they can never give them credit for when they do something yeah. well. And they love someone, so they can never, you know, yeah. be critical when they do something wrong. I think Paul Pogba is, is Manchester United's best footballer, and I've right, said that, I get that. I get that yeah. since he joined. I think yeah. he's been United's best player, but he's been sloppy in possession in a position you can't be sloppy in possession. Yeah, I feel like the the game. If he plays the game against Leicester, that is. I feel like the be-all and end-all of what the opinion of United fans will be on. Because mm. the fact is, if we win that game against Leicester, we get everything that Paul Pogba has apparently complained about for the last two years mm. at United given to us on a plate. If we win, we get top. We're in the... We're third. If we win, we're third. We're third. We're in the Champions League. There's no knockouts, no playoffs. We are mm. in the Champions League, which is apparently what he's been... Oh, mm. I don't... I want to win trophies. I want to be in the Champions League sort of thing. If he doesn't play well and he doesn't look like he's putting effort in, everyone's going to be like, well, that's obviously... You're obviously talking a load of rubbish then. Yeah. I, I feel like I, he's going to get absolutely I don't, I don't, for I don't, I will never ever buy into this idea that Paul Pogba doesn't want to play well, doesn't try, mm. or doesn't give everything he can. I think sometimes he has these lapses. He mm. doesn't perform to the levels he can do. I think that's obvious. There's nothing revelatory about that. Yeah. I just don't like some people they go a bit, bit one further and they go well he doesn't want a beer so he's not trying and I've never mm. really bought into that narrative at all um, one thing I will say though is and you mentioned it earlier Joe is about tiredness fatigue Pogba's yes. played a lot of football Bruno's played a lot of football now before the lockdown Scott McTominay come back from injury you know he scored that goal in the, the derby everyone was raving about him Fred we had a discussion before lockdown I think it was me and you and uh, Steve as well about our player of the season he was in that conversation mm-hmm. Yeah, these guys have. It's like all he's forgot about them almost. Yeah. He doesn't seem. I know they've had 
games yeah. since the break, but he doesn't seem like he can trust them fully. And it's a little bit baffling to me because I get you need a strong team in these games, but you can see outside everywhere yeah. everyone is. And you've got these players who Fred was undroppable mm. a few For, months ago. What's going on? I think it is as simple as to get Bruno and Pogba in the same team, you need someone who is very defensively astute. And that, so uh, again, Matic was very poor yesterday, I thought. But I think he is the most defensive of the midfielders we have. Yeah. And I don't think any one of McTominay or Fred can play alongside Pogba in a six and hold it down as well as Matic Because Fred, like, even though he has played well, you still look at his stats and he gives the ball away a lot. He didn't cover himself in glory in the no. um, Chelsea game. Was I, I didn't think he was no. bad against no, Chelsea. But I feel like no, compared I, to some players... Yeah, I just yes. don't... I just don't... I think he suffers as well. I mean, I don't think he covered himself in glory. I get what you know, he's not bad, but mm. it wasn't a game where you go, right, well, that's it now. Fred's in the no, team no. now. It he wasn't that's what I'm getting at. It was, like, it was like, we're crap, and he's been one of our okay players in yeah. a crap team, but it needs a bit more than that for you to go, right, okay, you Fred's in now. Yeah, yeah. Matic is out, yeah. Fred's in. There was none of that. See, the thing is, is since lockdown, we've kind of gone into championship mode in that sense mm. of like, you're playing a game on the Saturday, and then you're playing again midweek, and then you're playing again on Saturday again. And, and always they say that you need two, kind of need two squads in that scenario. It's like maybe one or two players you don't mm. drop, but everyone else needs rotation. Everyone. Do, do, you, do you feel, and I don't want to get all conspiracy theorists, uh, it's a question, do I'm it. not, but do you feel at any point that Ollie's sending a message to this board? I, I think he is with, without necessarily meaning, not, I'm not saying he doesn't mean to or he doesn't know what he's doing, but I don't think he's you get where I'm purposefully from it. playing a, a team that is overly overly played or played too many minutes to look weakened to right. their force. This isn't Jose playing but Tomlin in defence. No, I think this or is... Or Herrera is, in defence when we're getting battered because he wants to show off to the fact that he didn't get a centre-back. Yeah. No, I, I think don't think this is Ollie saying, listen, he's not like randomly I, need, just like, I need some players. He's not looking, like, oh, no. randomly, Timothy Fossumens is in the team because I need players. Like, I just think it's... it's he's it's, playing what is the best team available and it's still not quite enough. I think that's what... And we see that. I mean, if anything, it shows that we need strengthening. Yeah, we, I mean, but we need more than just Jaden Sancho. Mm. You know, we've all got, we've, we're all guilty of it being caught up in this whole Jaden Sancho to United thing. And there's, there's slight rumours that it may be like Sancho and that's it. I don't know if that is the case, but we definitely need another midfielder. 100%. Yeah. And this yeah. has shown you, that you because, need, you know, if anything happens to Bruno, probably weak. And even with them, they can't play every game and no. we're over reliant on him and the Man United as well. We need at least one more midfielder. Yeah. And I feel like we need. That people keep saying the defensive midfielder. I feel like we need another creative midfielder because once you saw in the games where f where we took Fernandez and Popper off, we lost every single outlet mm. of passing. We lost every single outlet of creativity. And I feel like you need someone in that team that that is definitely like if you were to bring him on, he might not be as good as Fernandez and he might not be as good yeah. as Popper, but at least you'll know. Oh well, he can pass a ball. and We can still at least yeah. have some. And outlet he might score have. you a goal as well. Yeah, because that's the thing with. Pereira doesn't score goals. Lingard doesn't do much of anything at the moment either. Honestly, if we don't have anyone. Sorry, other than Pogba and Bruno, who can play as a number ten? We actually who who gets uh, not with any output. Yeah. It's really frustrating because on paper, right, Jesse Lingard should have something to offer. He's mm. twenty seven years old. He went to the World Cup not long ago and played every important game in that World Cup. There was a time where his numbers held up against the likes of. They weren't as good as, but they weren't that far off Eden Hazard for one season. It was mm. like, wow, he's getting goals and assists left, right, centre. And he was a big game player, turned up in the big games. And yet, he's just gone completely off the boil at an age and a time when you wouldn't expect yeah. him to. And there's no sort of physical reason 
why you would go, oh, well, he's going to be knackered now. Why though? It's just yeah. weird. And it's like, he's now become to the point where, as you mentioned, you can't rely on him. If yeah. Jesse starts against Le- Leicester on Sunday, everyone will be going, oh, he's lost the fucking plot. Yeah. Yeah. You know what he's, coming, he you know he's yeah. coming off at 60 minutes. Yeah, why has he done that? Like, it's that bad. And this was a guy who was a, not just an England national, he was a starter for England. Yeah. And now, I don't mean that's the bill, end of it, it shows the levels he was at. And now, I mean, you're at a point where Jesse struggles to make our bench. Yeah. If mm. everyone's fit, he, you know, he, he might reg- even... He regularly isn't on the bench. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily yeah. a fitness thing. It's no. tactical. It's like, do you know what? I don't yeah. need you. I will not use you. So there's no point in me putting you on the bench. And, and something I want to talk about as well, just a little bit is, yeah. for me, the difference between tiredness and fatigue. Because these, let's not forget, these players have had three months off, yeah. which is something in terms of a rest, something they will never have and have never had in their career. Okay. But when you play four matches in nine days, it doesn't matter how rested you are. I don't think these players are necessarily fatigued as in like... They've, they've given too much for too long. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've just given a lot in a short amount of time. I think they're just tired. Yeah. And people always say, oh, he's fatigued, he's fatigued. I think they've just played a shitload of matches in a, sh- in a very few days. So their bodies haven't got time to recover between. I don't think there's a deep sort of mental and, and physical... It, it, I think they're just a bit knackered. It's interesting as well you mentioned that because if you look at some of our key players, apart from maybe Bruno, if you look at Pogba, mm. you look at Marcus, you look at Martial... They've had long periods off injured as well. Mm. Like Marcus was off for like two months before the break yeah, yeah. and then three months and he had a serious back injury. Marshall missed a big chunk at the beginning of the season. Mm. Pogba missed practically all the season. So your body can't go from missing that or from recovering from that mm. to just all of a sudden playing yeah, a game every other day and true. being okay about well, it's like, it. No. It's like, it's Do you know like, what I mean? You're going like, to feel that. It's like match fitness. It's like if we still had Wayne Rooney and even in like 26, 27... If he'd missed all that football and then come back in, you'd be like, after Rooney, one game, Rooney, like, Rooney could be the worst like, player coming back yeah, from, exactly. from like, long layoff. I love the Rooney, but come on. Yeah, there yeah. were times when he looked like he match, just climbed off the, the plane in Ibiza yeah. when he was going into a game. You were like, wow. And, but then he'd get fit very quickly yeah. once he started throwing himself in. I'm saying, it. going back to like your point, though, about people on the bench, and it pains me to say this. Go on. Say it anyway. I, Andreas Pereira, I feel like, like when you see like people being sold and stuff, Andreas Pereira just seems to avoid it. I don't, And it's not been mentioned why but I feel like he has something to offer right. in terms of on right, a football pitch on a football pitch no, surprisingly okay. enough not as like a, not as like being tied to a, a post and being right, okay. balls kicked out to target practice but I feel like he has the passing ability that you need for the number six and I feel like he could easily be the rotational option just someone needs to go to him and be like look if you go on the football field do not take four to five shots a game from outside the box Pass it because he has he, pa- he has he obviously has the passing ability. And we've seen in the past when he has the passing ability. He just doesn't have the decision making. And I feel like if someone could, if Oli could go to, well, him, that's like, like that's hand in hand the mm. passing and the decision making. Mm. That you know that is a massive part of it, isn't it? I mean, and yeah, if you cut yeah. the shots out of his game, if you like, don't take this many shots. Yeah, but if you're a great cook, but you keep buying pillows instead of steak, you're not making a good meal, no matter what, are you? Right, okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yes, yes, he's a good passer, <laughs> but he picks the wrong things. It's like I said, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. You can't, you can't get it completely wrong except the execution when the, you've made the wrong pass, you've, you've turned the wrong way, you've been dispossessed, I mean, you've taken that shot there. I, I think with Pereira now, we've got to raise the bar a little bit, and I think he's just getting left behind. And I think we've had so many questions, so so many times where we said this season, this season, he's very good in pre-season, Andres Pereira. He always. Sort of, I won't say flatter to deceive because that sounds harsh, but he always performs in pre-season to the point where you think, oh, there's a player here. 
and then you go into the sort of August and he's shown signs and then by December you, you're tearing your hair out if you've got any that uh, his performances tearing your beard off yeah tearing your beard off literally and um, you know we've seen the season Bournemouth away he was dreadful and I think Jesse comes on for him and it's like an improvement and Jesse's not having the best game but he's like he's just gone and then you think well we need more than that you know you need something from him I don't think he's got it to offer yeah. so with Pereira mm. if he was 19 or even 20 fair enough but he's not and he's been in around the first team for a little while Andres Pereira's played 30 odd games this season he's yeah. had so many chances and most of those and a lot of those were like pretty much in a row to yeah. the start of the season I, like yeah. he, he was, it was a, more it was more posing the question I like I mean I do like yeah. him as a person I yeah. think he, like, he gets a lot of grief which I feel is a bit harsh and I feel sorry for him sometimes because I think he's mm. being played constantly when he's not at the level he needs to be. And it's not his fault. He's not, you know, if he could be better, he would be, but he can't. But I think you now at a time when you're looking at, you've got Bruno, you've got Pogba, you've got all these, you know, you've got Matic throwing a, putting Pereira in, it just stands yeah. out. It's like, it was different when we didn't have these players, but now we have, come on. To uh, turn away from Pereira slightly and go back to what you were talking about before, just to, in a slightly different angle. McTominay and Fred, yeah. are they kind of, sort of trapped in between players in terms of they aren't number 10s that can create loads of chances and they don't have the defensive discipline that Matic has. Are they kind of almost parts of a puzzle we don't have? I think those two work best together. Yeah. We've seen that. We've seen that against very good teams. Did they both play in France? Playing in Paris? Mm, I don't know actually. I know Pereira I know. played and I don't, so I'm not sure if they all played. I don't, but I don't they might. I, don't, I can't remember. But anyway, they played against City and they both played mm. very well and against a very strong City midfield. But I feel like to play them, you're playing both as like a holding midfield partnership, yeah. which means you'd have to sacrifice Pogba or Bruno, which ain't going to happen. So you need one person, as you pointed out earlier. Matic has that discipline mm. that he can, he can do that role. Yeah, and the well, experience as well. Playing as number six for 15 because, years. Yeah, exactly. So... I feel like with Fred and McTominay, Oli probably thinks I, I need to play them both together and I can't do that with the midfield options I've got going forward because I'm going to have to drop one of my I feel like McTominay players. is probably more in more in a problematic situation than Fred because I feel like Fred could come on for Pogba. Like you, when you see like life like he's like, Pop, what Fred offers is he can get up the ball, he can pick up the ball. He doesn't have the passing ability, but he can carry a ball and he can get the energy about the pitch. So if you're like, Fred next to Matic, I think maybe works. But then McTominay... I don't think has the passing ability or like on the ball sort of scenario. Like, and you said playing together, but then it's like, do you drop Matic? Well, no, then because he can't play Pablo Fernandez. But it's like it's we see. It feels like with this midfield now, we're in a very similar situation as we were when Oli first took over when we had Herrera, Matic, and Pogba as the three. We played mm. the first sort of seven or eight games until um, until I think it might have been more than that until uh, Pogba was suspended or whatever. But it works, and I feel like this three now works. And if you take swap, say Matic for Fred, it doesn't for, for Matic for Pogba uh, for or Matic for McTominay, which it seems the obvious swap to make. It's not quite there, mm. so I don't know. I just feel like yeah, it seems that Oli doesn't trust them, does it? Because we all mentioned fatigue and things like that, and he's not willing. I mean, all right, he's done it once, I think, but he's not willing to swap Pogba for Fred. He's not willing to swap Matic for McTominay, and Bruno's <laughs> Bruno not just is undroppable. He, he rarely takes him off as a sub. There's just there's not. I don't think there's anyone you can say that's in that team that's anything like. Like Bruno, because he's like he has a creative going forward, but he'll come back and he'll tackle. And but he doesn't lose the ball as much, and he just yeah, offers he's got so like much. The sort of energy and work rate of Fred, but he can actually make chances as well. Like he, he's he. I, you don't need to rely on anyone else around him. Like he makes no. everything and he, then, his own chances and stuff. Yeah, and the movement ahead of him has been much improved, and people making runs 
with the expectation that they'll be found now, which I think is such a massive thing, which is why confidence, people always talk about, oh, you need this player, that player. Confidence is such a massive thing because confidence isn't just a, I think we'll win. It's, oh, we'll make that run. Yeah. And it is, uh, you know, I will pull that ball across because I'm, sh- I'm see, confident there'll be someone I've there. I really wanted to see Lingard playing with Fernandes, mainly because the one thing that I've always seen Lingard do is he always he always makes dummy runs mm. he always runs just randomly and he and he tries to drag people with him but he always gets to the point during matches where i see him and i'm like everyone just kind of just forgets about him because it's like no one's but we saw that in his walls no though, didn't he and like uh, fernandez was having uh, fernandez sorry, was having a go at him mm. like for not making those runs i get where you're coming from and yeah i, I saw him like, like all, all, all the start of the season he was making these runs and i was like well by the end of the match i was like well there's no point in making the run because no one's making the pass to him so the, the defenders are just like yeah, let him go. Like it's not; they're just going to try and like force it through the middle. So I was like, well, if you have Fernandez on the pitch, he just decides to ping it anywhere. And he, a couple of times at the start of the match, he just starts throwing it at Lingard. Then it adds more capability and actually like, a, like a sense of gravitas to what Lingard can do on a pitch. Like even if he doesn't gravitas is the word. I don't. That's not the word I was looking for. But we'll go with a it. Sense of gravitas. Sense of the proceedings. It's a sense of like, I don't know. Basically, it me- means that Lingard actually offers something even if he's not scoring. Mm. A purpose. A purpose. purpose. There you go. Um, before we... Speaking of purposes, go on. What were gonna I say? was just going to say, right, this is a sort of a topic I wanted to touch upon. Mm. Right, you may have noticed that crowds aren't allowed in the games. It affects everyone differently. And I think it's affected us more negatively than other teams. Because I look at these points with drops, the games you've mm. spoken about. West Ham and Southampton at home, especially last night against West Ham... You feel the crowd. I mean, you saw it in a derby last time we had a crowd at Old Trafford. I know it's a derby game. It's like mm. different than playing West Ham. I get it. But the crowd were up for it. I think the crowd this season have been a lot better yeah. than they have been in previous seasons. I think you look at the Stratford in particular and just the crowd in general at Old Trafford has been, been up for it. And I think these are the types of games where, you mentioned it, you get a equalised against West Ham, mm. the crowd are behind you. Yeah, yeah. And that push to get the yeah. second goal. And I think, I know everyone's, no one's got crowds. So you go, well, everyone's done the same crowds. Everyone can argue that. Mm. But you know United, starts United away following mint. Mm. Secondly, Old Trafford's been up for it. So I just feel like we're being a little bit, mm. it's cost and us And also that. the positions we found ourselves in, other than Bournemouth, um, we sort of have struggled when we've conceded and we've conceded first too many times. Um, and, and even the, the, the Southampton game, that holding on at the last minute that's got you've got to have an extra sense or an extra inch in your jump that kind of when the crowd's all behind you everyone's excited everyone's cheering you on going into the last seconds of a game and obviously it doesn't it doesn't win you a header in the box because the crowd are cheering loudly but it you know it it gives you that extra bit of energy when we sat back and back and back and back against Southampton where we're just inviting pressure on it might give a bit of a bit extra like you said those home games like that and, and the West Ham one especially like I said you score a goal to get back into a game and that surge from the crowd and that extra energy those next 10 minutes are unbearable for teams a lot of times I mean. like West Ham but we couldn't quite capitalise on that right come on now then. Well, don't, you, you don't get that without the I crowd. don't think the games we've won had we been at an away ground with full mm. of away fans or not away fans full of their fans and our away fans it mm. would have been I don't think if you look at it and go oh, well if Villa had had the crowd behind and they would have won that game or drawn yeah. that game, we, well, we walked it in the end. I can't remember. I think the commentators said about West Ham. I think yeah, I think it was against Palace. Like they, I think they went two up and then the next, then in the second half, Palace scored against them. Mm. But West Ham were able to just counteract it completely, like straight away. Mm. Like they did exactly what they did against us, where they conceded. And whereas usually they'd be like, oh, those teams now on the back foot, they just instantly just went well 
just sat back and just mm. went to what they were doing. Because there's not there's not the pressure, there's not the excitement, and you feel it, you know, when you're in the ground, obviously. And, and I'm sure as players, players talk about it all the time. It's not it's not some fictional thing, is it? There's a reason why teams win more games at home than they do away. Yeah. And it's not because <laughs> yeah. we know the exact dimensions of the pitch or the grass is six inches longer. It's a mixture of a lot of things, but one of those things is the crowd. And yeah. it, you know, we can play. It does make people play better. Because our, our record this season, I think we've won 10 out of 19 league games at home, mm. which is, I think, it's our third worst in Premier League. It's like it's up there, joint yeah. or whatever, with, with some of our worst ever seasons. So, I don't know, I just feel I feel like it's hurt us a little bit. I know you can go with all the teams, but I think it's hurt us more than it would other teams, and it's a shame. But And it's a shame that we could go into next season mm. by the look of it, having those, those lack of fans as well. Just you know? quickly before we yep. do go. This is the last podcast before the final game of the season. What are your thoughts for the Leicester game? What are your worries? What are your thoughts for the Chelsea game? Last game of the season. It's the last going into Devils it. podcast for the game before the get final game of the season. Yeah, what are you it's thinking? Houston's scowling at me there off camera. Because he wants to get something from in front of one of the cameras. Um, <laughs> it's going to be. Is it? Is it, is it really your twist? <laughs> is that why you're distracted? What? Uh, right, okay. We'll be, we'll, yeah, we'll right, we're wrapping up now anyway. Go on. Go on. To the games at the weekend, what are your thoughts on these? Uh, how how were they? Let's how talk about United's history starting in 1908. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Skip forward to 1991. Jake. That's assault. That was on camera, so I'll be uh, suing that for my legal team. Of this attack. Yeah. No, That's I, a good I, shot, that I feel like Chelsea are going to struggle against Wolves because I feel like Wolves have been well regimented. Regimented? Well regimented. Luis Roger. Right, go on. He's, 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 he's sabotaging this podcast. Traore is going to be an absolute um, pain for Rudiger, Zuma, Alonso. All just the back line. And Jimenez is going to be a pain in the air. Mm. So I feel like we have a bit of a leeway in that sense, but I feel like we still need to win. Mm. And I feel like that hopefully... The we need to are, go for a win, yeah. not for a draw. Players will give it all the way into happen. Oh, yeah, no, they draw. don't need a draw. That's you, the thing. Unless, yeah. unless Chelsea are 4-0 down at half-time and the Leicester players see it and they're like, a draw will do us here. We, if we go for a draw, we will lose. Yeah, it's because not like, Leicester ain't going for a draw. It's not like we, we, we're going to go for a draw. And then Mark Albrighton out of nowhere, I'll just ping one top corner. Yeah, well, well, it don't okay, matter. Or the winner header, or Soyuncu, or Johnny Evans. One Johnny of Evans them, is a red. Whichever one is the most annoying and and predictable. If you that, didn't hear that, Adam McCall has shouted, "Best centre about what?" In the Premier League, the Premier League. Johnny Evans. Johnny yeah. Evans still misses Johnny Evans. Um, what are you thinking? How confident are you this weekend? I don't know. I'm not very confident. I'm I'm sceptical, but I just think if we go for it, I think we'll be all right. I think we can get a draw if we go for a win. If we play for a draw, I can see Jamie Vardy in the 93rd minute getting a winner. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, so oh, good, what? Yeah. And it'll be one of those things, you know, they do the table as it stands. Yeah. Oh, I mean, half six, all United we were in the Champions League and by quarter to seven, they weren't. Yeah. Fuck off. All we have to do is match Chelsea's result and we get top four. That's Come it. on. Just all I can match say is just get result. behind the boys. Get behind Jimenez. Get behind Traore. Get behind. Give a hand those Come other on. Wolves players. Come on, Wolves. Yeah. Do it for Manchester. Willie Bolly. Yes. Come on, exactly. Um, Casey, thanks for joining us as always. Right. What's your Twitter? Uh, at, where can people uh, find you? At Casey underscore Evans underscore. As you always we'll call it, it screen, complicated. Probably. Yeah, we go. Uh, Joe, what have you got a plan? <laughs> what madness have you got planned for us? Uh, I've got late, late night, night live tomorrow night. Make sure you check that one out. Uh, it's going to be a good one actually. Last one before the end of the season, before the end of the Premier League season. So got some stuff to look forward to. Oh, there. Joe's just going to be passed we all, out. We all need a laugh. My birthday tomorrow as well. His birthday. Doing it in his birthday suit as well. Might be a birthday banana treat for you. That's been Casey. 
That's been Joe. Off camera's been house and throwing things at me. Shouting things about Johnny Evans been Adam McCullough. I've been Jay. This has been Devil's Podcast. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to hit. Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.